orgasmic enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Super cock, super powers. Cock is a magical thing. It often gets a bad rap in our culture for being the symbol of all that is wrong with men. And if you think about it, our genitals in general are used that way. Look at how many of our curse words have to do with our genitalia. Pussy, cunt, dick, cocksucker. Look, you can call me a cocksucker anytime. But it's interesting that these are curse words, as in cursing and placing a spell upon. How in the world did we get here? I am all about the conscious wielding of our sexual powers, rather than the unconscious default. Conscious cock, conscious pussy, that is the root of everything that I teach. I love cock. It is amazing medicine. It's healing, rejuvenating, recalibrating, and it opens me up to life and to the divine. The best cock activates a pussy, setting it on fire so that it can realize its true potential. It functions as a barometer for the man and how he is showing up in his life. Is he potent, solid, and strong? Then his erections will be as well. I spoke in last week's episode about the necessity of a man being able to fuck his woman into oblivion. You do that with your supercock. A supercock, as opposed to a regular old cock, has realized its true nature and owns its power and wields it wisely and wildly. Here are six qualities a supercock has in abundance. Number one, you can consciously control your ejaculation. You choose when and if you come, even in the most full throttle positions, you have super stamina. Two, you feel energized after sex. Sex rejuvenates you. Instead of passing out after you have sex, you leap out of bed and head to the gym or go run a half marathon. Number three, you give your woman a plethora of vaginal orgasms. You know that the ecstatic, life-changing, well-fucked woman orgasms are in the vagina. And with your turbocharged cock, you have the ability to get her there. Number four, you own your masculinity. You take charge of your life and of your woman. You aren't afraid to flex a little muscle and a lot of dominance. Number five, you know how to channel your sexual energy into creative power. As I always say, sexual energy is life force energy, the energy that creates new life. An average cock just ejects all of that good quality energy straight out of itself every time it has sex. A super cock knows how to use that energy to manifest what he wants in his life. And number six, you use your cock as a healer, an activator, and an opener. The Sanskrit word for cock is lingam, which means wand of light. Cock is the ultimate magic wand. When I said that cock has magical powers, I wasn't kidding. Your ultimate masculine gift is to penetrate your woman and to penetrate the world. With your insight, your vision, your intense love, you blast through illusion and you get shit done. This also means fucking your woman so thoroughly, so cataclysmically that she is cracked open in the most beautiful way. There you go. That is your life's purpose. And these are all areas we cover in my Sexual Mastery for Men Salon, eight weeks to supercock status. In today's all-star interview, we have the most epic Max. Max is a Sexual Mastery for Men alumni from a few years ago, and so he's been living these principles for a while, and he expresses them in such a deep, poetic, and articulate way. It's truly amazing to hear from a man with this degree of self-awareness and insight. He's going to share with you all of his miraculous supercock 
powers. Well fucked, All-Stars! Hello, Max. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, hey, Kim. Thanks for having me on. All right, so let's talk about your supercock evolution. In doing this work, what kinds of changes did you see in your cock, in your erection, in your expression of self-pleasuring? What were the changes for you? I have to say one of the primary changes was the transition from a more impulsive and uh, kind of unconscious um, really lease of myself. I always kind of like the analogy of chasing a rabbit over a cliff as fast as I could um, into more of a place where um, self-pleasuring was more of a workout. It was more of a time I spent with myself to better myself. And in many ways, it was less comfortable. Um, it was less of just kind of a pleasure only indulgence experience and more of like a um, I have goals that I'm trying to reach. I have barriers that I'm trying to push through. I have um, kind of boundaries that I'm trying to press. And that has been a huge tra transition for me. Um, I come from a place where I did not have much of a sexual education. Um, my parents didn't do much to explain this to me. Um, and I really learned about sex accidentally by being exposed to uh, hardcore porn magazines by a friend in like the third or fourth grade and just really kind of being uh, just kind of tossed into this washing machine of impulse and uh, sensitivity to images and other things like that. But upon encountering your, your work, um, even initially through a lot of your free content, I was able to kind of reframe this time I spent with myself into something different. And that has... Uh, provided benefits kind of motivationally and energetically throughout my life. But once I decided to take the, um, the, the course, the SMM course, um, a lot of the techniques and a lot of the um, just kind of the physical step-by-step uh, -step hand techniques that you teach, I, I noticed distinct uh, just changes, not initially, not immediately, but um, there were changes in the way that I responded. And there were changes in the way that I felt, um, both while I was working with myself and also just kind of out in the world in general. I, I liken it to an antenna. Like I kind of had, I, the more I work this way, the more um, uh, he started to seem like an antenna. Your he cock became this like, antenna. I love that. Yes, exactly. The cock became an antenna. And, it, and there was more of a, I always kind of, when I was younger, I kind of had this, this, idea in my head that like uh, the cock masculine energy he's a rod he sends energy he is a sender he is a seeker he is a um outputter of energy but the more i began to do this work the more i began to to realize that that it is both he is also an antenna he is a receiver of energy and he he listens and he can see and he can and he can hear and he can point me in the right direction so to speak he, his job is not just to motivate me his job is not just to rocket me through the world but his job is also to sort of uh to, to to be a receiver and to to judge situations and to make me sit back and ask myself like is this something i really want is this someone i really want is this going to be worth all of the time and energy that i'm going to spend doing it or is this just me trying to chase a rabbit off a cliff right so um, what would the difference be like when you're saying that you started to pick up information like a sensory apparatus from your cock how would that mm -hmm. be translated to you into information that you could understand um the best way to describe that would be uh, within the context of like a, a sense of interconnectedness within the other layers of myself right because the cock is just one is one layer of me it's a primary it's a more basilar layer of me but prior to doing this work the cock just kind of did what the cock would do um if i saw something that i wanted that the cock wanted the cock would just go for it and it was just that kind of go 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 energy and that applied to to masturbation that i i don't really like that term anymore that's something you kind of cued me into i, I uh, masturbation is kind of a dirty word it's kind of a a spell we place on ourselves and i don't really like to refer to it that so much anymore but um 
I, yeah, I just kind of started to notice self pleasure. Yes, correct. Nice self pleasure, self <laughs> more self, conscious term. Self, yes, yeah, self stimulation and self discovery. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I, I would start to kind of get plugged into the idea of like, okay, if something is sexually, um, if something is sexually stimulating to me, is it sexually stimulating exclusively in that kind of porno style drug, uh, short term? instant gratification level like uh, is it just kind of a, a pump and, is it just kind of a pump and dump style stimulation or can i can i really see how this situation can plug into my other goals and my other aspirations in my financial life and my business life and uh it's 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 really kind of narrow it's narrowed my bandwidth a little bit and it's made it a bit more challenging to um, maneuver in terms of like approaching women and, and finding dates and, and, and creating relationships. But since I've been operating this way, the relationships that I have cultivated and the one that I'm in right now have just been so much more rewarding because now the sexual energy is not just about a release. It's not just about getting off. It's not just about being subsided for a few hours. It's more about building something and creating this stair-stepping progression towards a, just a higher plane of being and a higher and a higher plane of life and um it's it's not easy i'm not trying to say that it's just like a, oh yeah yeah just do this and you'll be good to go like no there's real work i'm i've uh, i'm in the, I've, been, I've been in the trenches with it a bit i've fallen off the path i've reverted to old habits and and felt the pain of of wasting myself um within the context of now knowing something different and that's been a huge thing that's really kind of been an eye-opener for me is having experienced um self-pleasure in the way that you teach it and the benefits that exist therefore in it's been a deepening journey of self-discovery as uh as much as i'd like to say that as soon as i took the sexual mastery for men class that i was kind of on the path and set and i was ready to go and i had all the discipline that i needed to uh be on a constant upward path that has not really been my story um i've fallen off the path a few times and i've reverted to old patterns and I've been lazy and I've been complacent. And I've also been able to watch the consequences for that um, play out in real time. And like I said, before I had come into contact with your work, I really didn't have much of a baseline uh, for comparison. Um, the way I did my thing was just the way I did my thing. But now since I've learned about um, the, the, the concept of lingam massage and the concept of cultivating and harvesting sexual energy, moving it up the spine through the microcosmic orbit and kind of um, using my imagination to, to channel it and, and send it towards different aspects of my life, I've been able to see results in that. And I've also been able to feel the kind of deep emptiness and chaos that occurs when you're aware of these things, but then also choose to revert anyways. And uh, it's it's recently out of the past few months, I've been kind of on a rallying effort. Um, I've uh, have been a, I'm in a newer relationship now with somebody that I've known for some time, and I'm really trying to kind of get my get my energy back on track and move this thing in the right direction, and uh, kind of bring her along for the journey and get things centered correctly and move through the trauma and move through the pain and use um, my sexual energy to create something and to cultivate something rather than just using it as I have in the past is almost just like a drug uh, as right. like an escape mechanism. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's just uh, the coming in contact with your work has been so valuable for me because before I, I didn't even know there was anything different. Yeah. yeah um, you don't know you don't what know. you don't know. Exactly. You don't know what you don't know. And you can spend decades, you can spend your entire life wasting away and just assuming that that's the baseline of reality. And that was kind of my experience before I, I took your class just a few years ago. And uh, I've been uh, intermittently involved with the community ever since. But um, I'm very glad that you invited me to the table to have this conversation because it's kind of reminded me of what's important and kind of got me be back on track and uh i just wanted to thank you for this opportunity to share my story and uh just kind of be present with this community wonderful well we so appreciate it 
So I love that you talk about the difference between using sex or self-pleasuring or like the lower form of it, like jerking off to porn, sort of mm -hmm. masturbation style. Mm -hmm. Like one version is going unconscious. The other way is to use our sexual energy as a way to elevate our consciousness, to become more conscious. And you've talked about yeah. experiencing when you ejaculate and lose access or maybe more unconscious ejaculation as well, losing access to these higher levels of creative self-expression. So can you elaborate more on that? So obviously you had enough um, experiences where you could see a difference and feel a difference. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the analogy, kind of the metaphor that always comes to mind is like the, uh, in the unconscious sense, it's like the, the image of a spaceship in space, just ejecting fuel out of the airlock, just like dumping it, just <laughs> gone. Just, just, dump, just dumping fuel, oh, fuel tanks, high pressure, fuel tanks, high pressure. Let's just dump it out of the side and be done. As opposed to the concept of like, okay, fuel tanks are at high pressure. Let's run that through the mainframe. Let's run that through the afterburners. Let's run that through the main computer and all the other systems that actually require energy, that actually require this deep primal burning sensation to do what they need to do. And, uh, it, that's kind of the way I, I mentally imagine it. And I, there are times now where like, I'll be stressed out and I'll be moving around and I'll be like, Oh man, like it'd be great to just kind of discharge right now. But no, that's not what we do. Like that's not, that's, that is not the way of being. It is a lot more productive and ultimately a lot more satisfying and a lot more beneficial to sit back. And even if I can't touch myself, even if I can't find 15, 25, 30, 45 minutes alone, I can sit there and I can take deep breaths and I can feel my pelvic floor and I can deep breathe through my spine and I can feel my heart. I can feel my voice and I can integrate all of these different layers of my personhood into one flowing chain. And even just with a few seconds of doing that in the car or on the couch or when I'm waiting around at work even has been a huge stabilizing influence in my life. And there's been benefits that have kind of popped up for me that I didn't originally anticipate. And one of them kind of relates directly to fatigue. Um, I, I work a lot. I, I have a career. I'm currently right now on a bit of a vacation, but I'm on a vacation helping a friend of mine remodel a house that he's just built out here in the, uh, the midst of the woods. And it's been hard work. I've been out in the sun a lot more. I've been kind of burning up. I've been kind of uh, sweating a lot more than I have recently. And there's been times where I'm tired, you know, I want to take a nap. I want to go to sleep. And uh, sometimes I want to self-pleasure and I don't have time. But just through the breathing and just through really feeling my pelvic floor and feeling, you know, my cock, my, my balls, just, hey, they're down there. You know, hey, there they are. Let's send some breaths their way. And let's send those breaths right back up. It's just been a, a tremendously helpful technique. And it only takes a few seconds and, and if I can even spend a few minutes, that's even better. But I've noticed that like in moments where I'm super tired and, you know, the old me would want to reach for a Red Bull or, uh, you know, reach for some coffee. Um, I can just kind of take a few breaths and uh, maybe elevate my legs. Yeah, reach for my cock. And if I can't, if I've got people around me and I can't just casually reach for my cock, you know, I'll just elevate my feet above my head. You know, take some deep breaths and just try to get that blood flow going, you know, and just try to get that consciously. And uh, it, it's tremendously helpful. And then when I do have time and it's me and my cock and we can work that out as well. But, um, yeah, it's just been super helpful. And um, so you're it's using... something that's always. Yeah, go on. Hmm? It's just always available. That's my favorite part about it is I'm not dependent upon a gas station for some caffeine. I'm not dependent upon a nap in a nice clean bed in order to get my energy levels back up. I can do it with my breath. I can do it with my fingertips. I can do it really anywhere, with anyhow. And as long, my mind, as long as I have the discipline, as long as I can kind of summon myself in that moment and kind of climb that mental wall, the get over my old habits, get over my old belief structures and remember that, Hey, this, this shit works. Like, this is the real deal. Um, it, I, I've seen it work time and time again, dozens, hundreds of times. I've also felt the consequences of the alternative. Like, this is a very real equation that kind of plays out for me every day. And um, in the times when I'm able to, to kind of bring this stuff to bear, um, the results are consistent and they're imminent. 
And uh, it's been extremely helpful in nearly every aspect of my life, not just in the bedroom and not just with my with my partner. Um, it's uh, it's it's great in business. It's great before I get in meetings. It's great before I have to have crucial business relationships with like if I have to have a conversation, if I have to have a confrontation, if I have to draw a new boundary, if I have to um, reassert myself in some type of way. Um, of all of a sudden, self-pleasuring is an extremely useful tool for that. And that's kind of ironic to me because prior to this, like when I was in high school playing sports and stuff, I would always avoid self-pleasuring before a football game right. because I would be drained. I would be right. drained. I would be low testosterone. I would be out of combat mode. I don't feel like fighting. I don't feel like running. I want to sleep. I want to recover. And so uh, it's been a huge kind of transition for me. And I've had to reframe my mind around it that like, hey, this this thing between your legs, this thing at your fingertips, this is a this is a, this is rocket fuel. And uh, you don't just have to dump it out of the airlock. You can you can send it up. You can send it up the pipeline and you can do something with it. And you can do it right now. You can do it any day. You can do it any time, morning or night. Um, it's just a matter of discipline. It's a matter of making the decision. And it's a matter of hanging it on the hook and carrying it through. I love all of that. I really love how you've come to rely and go to the source, right? The fuel source, your cock, your sexual energy, that creative, vital power source and use it that way and remember to. That's amazing to hear. And then the opposite of that, you know, we said like, but you don't know what you don't know. But I wonder why there's that urge to just expel that energy, right? Until usually until men learn something different or they're told something different that, and I don't know if this is partially like media influences where when we see someone having sex on TV, it's like a, or a movie, it's like a 30 second encounter. Right. And if that's the imprinting that, that we get, but I wonder, you know, what do you think? What is that? The urge to expel. And also I'd say for men, a lot of circumcision trauma that I think that urge to Absolutely. get it over with is like a, you know, is that dissociation of that trauma that's yes. happened to them in their past. And that's reflected in the urge to get it over with fast. Um, but what yes. else do you think that is? Because it's interesting that, you know, it's such a vast difference of tapping that as a power source versus willingly, like you've sort of said, like going mm -hmm. towards your own self-destruction. Yes. And wasting yourself and taking yeah. this resource that is this resource that is absolutely finite and that is as precious, uh, it, it really defines what is precious. It is your life force. It is your, and again, as a man, it is your ability to create new life. It is your ability to seed new beings. And um, I, I don't have a, I don't have a complete answer to that question. I guess my, my best guess would be, I think a lot of us are raised with a lot of initial trauma. I know personally, um, I had a circumcision experience um, on the very first day of my life that was um, extremely traumatic. It was slightly botched in the hospital um, with a little oh. guy, the Galco clamp, little Galco clamp or whatever the instrument is that they used to do it was placed on me slightly crooked. And um, I, yeah, it was traumatic. And I, um, I don't have again, conscious memories of that day, but I've spent some time um, with psychedelic medicines kind of trying to unearth that trauma and bring it to bear and bring it to the, 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 outer perimeter of my mind, so to speak, in hopes of releasing it. I've had conversations with my mother. I've, I've kind of worked through it a bit. And my best explanation is a lot of people who are placed in that type of pain so early on, and not, not even, even people who weren't, um, human beings who don't train in meditation and who don't train in um, energy work just kind of end up being, for lack of a better word, just kind of like discomfort avoidance machines. Like yeah. people just kind of want to be comfortable. And especially when we're placed in intense states of agony at a very early age, mm. we start to have this huge, this, this huge polarity that builds in our minds between like, when I am hurt, I'm hurt. And when I'm uncomfortable, I'm hurt versus when I feel good, I feel good. And I always want to feel good. And so I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a simple matter of like, as that, as that fuel tank starts to build pressure uh, using that analogy from earlier, it gets more and more pressurized and pressurized and pressurized. And that is an uncomfortable feeling after a certain point. Um, if you, you don't, don't know how really to move that energy, it is. Correct. Yeah. If you don't know, yeah, exactly. If you don't know how to, if you don't know how to um, 
fill the afterburners with it, if you don't know how to fill the computer with it, if you don't know how to spread it around and get that fuel moving, then you just feel this pressure in the tanks and it's just, just uncomfortable. And uh, people don't really know what they don't know. And so all of a sudden they just end up with these unconscious habits that revolve around relieving the discomfort of having um, pressure in the fuel tank, so to speak. And that I know was kind of my, my journey that I was on before I came in contact with your, um, with your work um, and was taught a different way to kind of go about doing this. Yeah. And that's one of the things I end up needing to coach men on is having them know that, all right, when you do this and you don't just dump out that energy, you're going to be vibrating with a ton of power and energy and you'll need to go channel that someplace because you'll be so unused mm -hmm. to that, <laughs> that feeling because men yeah. mistake. And it could be, a, it could be a very, yeah. Well, men mistake that feeling of being drained for relaxation because they've just come to associate one no. with the other when it's actually depletion. Like if you need to take a nap versus when you have sex and then you feel like you want to go to the gym or you want to run a marathon. And that's the great barometric question I'll ask men is that if they've learned how to do these practices properly, they're going to feel energized afterward. And they're often shocked, right? Where they're like, okay, I'm ready to get dressed and go to the gym. <laughs> Like, like, yes, exactly. That's yeah, how it's totally. meant to be. And that also, what you've just said, that, that thing you said with need, the quote unquote need to take a nap, that just kind of, to me, alludes to a lot of the negative side effects of just human domestication and over civilization. Like, oh, wait, I have to be at work at 6 p.m. and it is 2 p.m. and I am tired. So I, quote unquote, need to take a nap. Like, I know that I've kind of been caught in that cycle before where it's like, you really shouldn't, it's not good. You shouldn't let the outside world's demands set the tone for what you do with your internal energy. I don't think that's a very solid way to, to move about organizing yourself because if you feel like you need to take a nap, maybe you need to take a run, you know? Maybe you need mm. to take a trip to the gym. Maybe the reason you're feeling tired is because you're tired of the life you've set up for yourself and maybe you're tired maybe you're tired of having other people tell you when you need to show up for things versus when you are dismissed like that just kind of goes into the whole domestication situation which in my experience doesn't really bode well with masculine energy and it's more raw more primal form like you are absolutely subduing yourself when you are um wastefully ejaculating in that way and a lot of people do it and a lot of people use it as a tool to to help themselves better fit into these domesticated models of meeting their needs going to work at the office to do the other things okay yeah we we have to be balanced we can't just go to the full extreme of never doing any of those things but i don't think it's a good idea to subjugate your energy completely into those external models I think it's a it's, it's it's for me personally, it's been a lot more beneficial to kind of take my energy into my own hands. And it's like, when do I need to be stimulated? When do I need to be aroused? And then I can fire this thing up when I need to be excited. I can fire this thing up when I need to be alert and when I need to be aggressive, for lack of a better term. Um, but when it's time to take a nap, like that's not what it's for. You know, like I, I, there shouldn't be a time that's prescribed for me to take a nap. I should sleep when I'm tired. You know, I, I shouldn't have to use this expression of myself to force myself to sleep. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense yeah. um, or if that's helpful, but that's something I, that I've noticed that like, I really like that insight of by diminishing ourselves, it makes it easier to fit into boxes that are set up Absolutely. for us. They're around, as you say, Absolutely. domestication and being good rule followers versus yeah. breaking out of that mold. And that ties into my you know, talking about how I believe sex really is the biggest psyop because all of the myths and misinformation that's out there, all of that is designed to remove people from this power source that, as you, as you said before, that you take into your own hands literally is at our fingertips. But because 
of so much of the taboo and the brainwashing and the trauma, it could be a million miles away for all people are connected to it. Right. And so it becomes yeah. this thing then that has been a successful psyop because it's inverting that energy rather than it being used as a power source. It's actually being used as a control source, as a diminishment oh, yeah. of the person. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say the success of all other psyops depends upon the success yes. of this one because yeah because if you, if, if you can't if you can't subjugate a human being at their root then you really can't subjugate them anywhere else and um yeah. we can look into the history of organized religions and we can look at how sex and celibacy and uh procreation are primary agenda items for every single one of them and it's like if you can't control a person's attitudes and um, self-expression around sex and relationships, then you really can't control it anywhere else. Because, like, like you—that's something that I was introduced to with your teaching. Like, this is the this is the primary basilar raw energy form, and all other forms of creation kind of stem from this one. Uh, like, when it comes to like, everyone talks about the different kinds of energy. We've got fossil fuels. We've got electricity. We've got solar. We've got this and that. But all of that stuff. <laughs> All, doesn't all of that shit revolve around our ability to just keep making more people and keep this whole human experiment going? So we don't really have natural gas until we have people to want to use natural gas. And then there's the next generation of people who may or may want to do that and so on and so forth. So if you can't control people's attitudes around how their sexual energy flows, you really can't control people's attitudes about anything else. And that's why it's a primary agenda item for, for most of these structures that are working now to keep us all subjugated. It's a, it's a primary thing. We see so much now these days with these gender neutralizing politics, with these attempts to kind of displace people from the seat of our natural power. And it's, uh, it's tragic and it's, and it's terrible, but it's also completely actionable. Um, it's something that every single one of us as an individual has an ability to take again into our own hands. Nobody can take this from you unless you give it to them. Uh, that is the beauty of the sexual energy. And that is why the whole psyop is necessary because if they can't get in your head and get you to believe bullshit ideas that cause you to hand this shit over, then they can't have it. So yeah. don't let them have it. Uh, the, the, just the, the basic concept of a, the PSYOP has been rather relevant in my life recently as I've uh, kind of been trying to free myself from a lot of uh, my own habits and patterns that I'm realizing aren't really my habits and patterns, but they were rather uh, placed into me from an early age um, based on somebody else's agenda. And um, there's really no underestimating the power of a comfort zone. And especially when it comes to the human mind that has not either been trained or decided to place a value, a value system upon consciousness and independence um, or in discipline and just growth. Like people, untrained people, uh, I mentioned it earlier, just sort of end up, myself included, when I'm not disciplined and when I'm not conscious, I just kind of turn into a discomfort avoidance machine. And uh, that that principle of the path and can be used to funnel people into a huge assortment of terrible behaviors. Um, and it really all kind of begins with the ability to subjugate and control that that sexual urge. And before I come into contact with your work, I, I never was really able to mentally frame it that way. I was constantly affected by it. I was constantly drawn into its currents. I was constantly and rather impulsively dealing with the pressure that it placed upon me, but I was never really able to integrate that power source and that intensity of feeling. Everybody knows the intense feeling of an orgasm, the intense feeling of sexual attraction or sexual impulse. It, it throws all other urges asunder. It is primarily and uh, by default kind of, a baseline urge but it's one that you can consciously shape and point in a certain direction yeah. um and, and, yeah. and it's it, and it's it's it is the it is the most baseline urge that you can point in a certain direction and i think people need to understand that that is what they are doing whether they are doing it consciously or not that is what they are doing um every 
every every orgasm is a choice, is a series of choices, and it sets your life in a certain direction, like having a sail in the wind. And if you don't point it to where you really want to go, you're probably going to be pointing it to where somebody else really wants you to go. That's kind of the nature of the reality and the harsh um, reality of warfare and the psyop and uh, just the reality that we all share is that um, resources are finite. People are constantly competing for them. And unfortunately, sexual resources are among the most valuable in the planet. And there is a big time racket around trying to take your sex and use it for somebody else's agenda. And if you're not doing it consciously for your own means, you're probably fueling somebody else's ship. And mm -hmm. that's not really in my, that's really in my experience, not a great place to be operating from. Uh, there are real consequences and they can be hellish. That's all very well said. And, you know, one of the hallmarks that I see in the work I do, especially with women, but with men too, is that when they reach a certain threshold in their sexual coming out, that they don't give a fuck. That's one of the things I see and I know, okay, they've made it <laughs> because yeah. they start to not give a fuck what other people think about them. And the reason for yeah. that is because that sexual energy, that unique individual power, our own genetic blueprint, our life force, yeah. we've tapped into it to such a degree that we're living and wearing and radiating out that energy and mm. we are that thing it starts to we become more of yeah. who we really are and in doing that yeah. we just don't give a shit anymore what other people think about us and it's not because we're trying not to give a shit it's because we truly don't give a shit the criticism the insecurities the judgments of other people just ping off of us it's almost like we become yeah. oblivious to that and so in the same vein that we're talking about about in terms of the influences of political or social agendas as well. We become impervious to that kind of influence because it doesn't, it doesn't shift us. Our, our yeah. compass comes from within, not from outside of us. Absolutely. And I, I would say like, I agree with that completely. And in my experience, um, again, my brain oftentimes works in metaphors and in analogies and my experience with doing this work has it's almost seemed like gaining conscious control over my sexual energy gave me the very first foothold out of fear right like there's this state of fear that is very easy to get lulled into and is very easy to kind of uh just set as a baseline but yeah. in in my in my journey of doing this it's that ownership over the sexual self and that ownership over one's own sexual destiny that really gives the nervous system and really the soul all of a sudden a platform from which you can um, transcend the fear and you can step closer towards the love. It's kind of the first step out of a fear-based dynamic, a scarcity-based dynamic into more of a, wait a second, this is a part of me that's always at my fingertips. I really choose how um, energized I am going to be. I can really have control over how aggressive I am going to be. I can really all of a sudden set my own compass needle, so to speak, and I can set it due north. And all of a sudden, I'm not at the whims of what other people's plans are for me, but through really owning my own sexual expression, I, it's, it's, it's a necessary first step for transcending fear. Um, and that's kind of been my experience with it. And before I had access to this information and this work, um, I didn't use it that way. It was something that I used to sidestep boredom. It was <laughs> something that I used to sidestep being, uh, restless or something that I used to sidestep, um, the pressure of what I was supposed to be doing and procrastinate or whatever, but no, it, it, it's much more powerful and it's much more capable than that and uh, for anybody who's on the cusp for anybody who's got a dream they want to bring into this reality but they got a goal they got a vision but you just don't think you can you just don't think you're enough you just don't think that your community will receive you well um try stepping into your sexual power um because those those feelings will, will set aside you can do this because you don't need anybody else's approval because you can birth this thing. You can bring this thing. You can uh, ejaculate this thing into the world on your own. 
you don't really need approval from other people. I guess that's just speaking from my own perspective, um, as from my own being. Like you can, you can bring it on your own, and you can do it on your own, and you don't have to. You don't have to kind of be ruled by fear. And it wasn't until I was integrating sex into my life in a more conscious way that I, I never really had a pathway away from that fear-dominated type of thinking um, in my relationships, in my business, in my life. And this all kind of seems a bit nebulous, but um, with practice and with time, it just becomes more and more evident to me that these are the, the external world follows the motions of the internal world. And, and that happens for, for every single one of us um, as an individual. Um, and it's, it's from the seat of your power. It's from your pelvic floor that all things are created. And uh, if you have a goal and you want to reach it, um, you got to just sexuality is the way. It is the primary fuel. It is the primary building block. Um, it doesn't matter what else you do. It doesn't matter. Uh, how much money you have or, or how many people you have with you. If you can't get this on board and get your creative self to back a thing, uh, it resists. It's all, it's going to be all resistance um, versus when you kind of lead the way with the cock, so to speak, um, things just sort of fall into place and people can see it. People can sense it. Support will come. Resources will come. Um, the world will, will bend itself to your whim when you are operating from this place of, um, just pure creative intention. And uh, that's, again, kind of back to the whole what the PSYOP aims to control. If, if you're not doing that for yourself, you're probably ultimately doing it for somebody else. And uh, it, it's it's been quite a journey down the rabbit hole for me, experimenting with these forces and uh, having doubts, but then watching my doubts be kind of laid to rest in real time. Um, you know, watching money hit the bank account, watching... Uh, a fight with my partner vanished before my very eyes because I'm no longer operating from this position of uh, trying to manipulate or trying to control. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm pointed at. This is my goal. This is my intention. I communicate clearly and she's on board. You know, it's, so it's, it's been a, it's been, it's been such a, it's been such a, um, a it's been such an eye opener for me. And then also, um, being able to live in real time, the opposite of that, falling off the path and not being disciplined and not following my compass properly and reverting to old patterns and old habits. And then all of a sudden my life is full of chaos and bullshit. And I have to take a few steps back and be like, wait a second, what the fuck happened? Oh, wait, I know what happened. I wasn't leading from the front. I wasn't leading with the cock. I was thinking my way through things instead of feeling my way through things and really pressing my hips into it so to speak and really pressing forward that way and every time i can sit back take a deep breath recenter my energy refocus myself get myself in alignment and we're good it's a it's a it's a constant process and as much as i'd like to believe that i'll one day always be in alignment always be in a flow state always be online always be um dialed in uh, right now most of the work for me revolves around just staying in alignment most of the work is about being in alignment the work is not about making money the work is not about building relationships the work is not about uh raising the bar the work is about staying in alignment with my true self with the cock and then all of a sudden the external shit falls into place when i when i'm successful at doing the internal work the external shit falls into place easily and effortlessly and I'm reminded at the end of the day, yes, this is the order of operations. It is my insides first. It is my sacred fuel source first. That is my priority. That is what I must schedule. That is what I must get moving throughout myself. And then my goals will manifest. It's just going to happen. There's no other way it can happen. If I get confused and I fall back into old patterns and I start trying to, uh, fix things outside of myself, if I start trying to manipulate people, if I start trying to do all the old things, uh, chaos ensues. And it's it's a constant learning and reaffirmation process of seeing the, the true order of operations and how things um, bring themselves into this world. And uh, kind of being involved with you and doing work with you has been a, a, real, a real godsend and has been a real ticket out of 
the dark, so to speak, because even though sometimes I, I step back into the shadow and I don't always do the things I'm supposed to do, I, I know what I'm supposed to do. And I have this roadmap that I've been given and I can follow it. And it always takes me back to the true north. And I'm always able to kind of, um, you know, call myself back to who I really am and get things done the right way. Amazing. So many wonderful things that you've said in there and very great metaphors and insight. I really love it. Let's talk about the microcosm. So what kind of shifts and changes did you notice in your cock physically, your erections as you started doing this work? Um, a strong trunk, uh, the base, the base of the tree, so to speak. Um, in terms of like girth and size that 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 was there but that wasn't really um the primary takeaway it was more just a sense of uh just a sense of like strength and just the sense of uh, i don't know like alignment with my spine for lack of a for better way to explain it um it, it just kind of felt stronger and it felt more like a an extension of my personhood and less like this thing that just kind of hangs off the front of me and does what it wants. Um, it felt more integrated into myself. Um, and when it kind of came to, uh, to, to times when I was with, with, with my partners with sex, I, I always felt the benefits, the primary benefits from doing this work. Um, I mean, yeah, they were, they, were, they were there in the physical sense, like feeling stronger, feeling maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more in control. But it was really just the the internal energetic aspect of being present that I really reaped the most benefits with my partner. And in terms of being able to bring her to places where she can self-realize and places where she is, where she needs to be and stays there. Um, and getting bigger and getting stronger in the bodybuilding sense is always nice. But I, I always, in my experience, that was kind of secondary and benefit. Um, to a lot of the internal kind of psychological and energetic work of just staying present with people and just being there in the moment and, uh, and uh, just not, not, not falling away when the going gets tough, so to speak. Right. <laughs> um, like every, every, every guy, like, again, that's kind of back to what I was saying earlier with the whole like trying to solve your problems in the external world is not the way. Like every guy wants to have this fucking nine pound hammer that hangs in front of him. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Ha ha ha. But in, in, in reality, like what's the whole, what is that metaphoric of? What does that actually represent? What that represents is your ability to actually impact somebody and actually be a man and actually step into this role and stimulate somebody in a way that is better for them. And since doing the, a lot of the exercises that are, that are taught in the, the SMM class, like that stuff's been beneficial. And it's uh, it's cool to stand there and look yourself in the mirror. I'm not gonna lie, that that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but I really do think that that work is, um, is great for replacing uh, mindless masturbation. But it's absolutely secondary to the practices of keeping the slate clean, you know, um, keeping the communication valid, keeping the radical honesty flowing at all times. Um, that is the stuff that I really took away from the class that has impacted my relationships and my, my sexual practice with my partner more so than like, uh, having a, like a, a bodybuilder's dick, you know, like, <laughs> like that, that, that's cool. Like, uh, and, and the milking and the, and the physical activity is definitely helpful and it's definitely there and it's definitely beneficial, but I really think that it's secondary. It's more of a supporting role to augment the primary goal, which is keeping the slate clean between you and your partner. And there's no half truths and there's no lies and there's no unvoiced frustrations and there's no blank spots and there's no hiding from each other, for fuck's sake. You, you show up and you are radically honest and that's the thing that gets the chemistry flowing and that's the thing that creates the life-changing sex. It's not having a bigger, stronger dick. Like having a bigger, stronger dick is cool. I'm not trying to say that's not important. It's awesome, it's great. But it's not really, um, it's not a primary uh, vector. It, 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 it's like, it, it's helpful and it all, it's all kind of connected and entangled. But um, the, the most beneficial thing I'd say that I took away from um, my time in the SMN practice was just the, the, the groundwork, the fundamental groundwork of radical honesty, um, scheduling communication time 
that is the prelude to sex time. Uh, and obviously you can have sex impulsively. You can have sex when the moment calls for it. But having scheduled um, communication time that allows blockages to be cleared, that allows frustrations to be voiced, that allows insecurities to kind of bubble to the surface and be remedied, that has been life-changing. Um, having a stronger dick, that's been cool. But having a platform from which to clear the slate with my partner and having that as a priority uh, that is expressed, that has been um, really kind of like the, the key to the lock for me, so to speak. That's allowed me to um, move away from a lot of the frustrations and uh, infidelities and uh, heartbreaks that I've experienced in the past with um, other partners. And I'm always wondering, you know, why does she stray? Why do I stray? Um, it's because we let these little gunk bits shadow pieces because we let the lies accumulate and before we know it there's a million miles between us and we we don't even know what to do um it, it's the, the the teaching of yours your teaching of just keeping up with that stuff never letting it accumulate never letting it get heavy um just staying up with it constantly cleaning the slate on a daily basis um, even now, I, I, like I said, I'm in Grass Valley, uh, California. I'm initially from Columbus, Ohio. I've been here for about two weeks, and I plan to be here for about another month, a month and a half. And uh, I, I moved away from my partner to come out here, and it's been a constant exercise daily, like over the phone and over Skype, to just continue with the with the conversations. And even though I can't touch her, even though I can't be with her, um, I can continue that radical honesty and that constant communication and keep that simmer going um, because that is the, that is the fundamental um, stock recipe for great sex and a healthy relationship that is um, building. And uh, before I, before, before I um, learned about you and your work, that was something that I really didn't have access to in terms of not knowing what I didn't know. Um, sorry if this is long-winded, but uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the main things I wanted to share with you is that, that that analogy that you use of keeping the glass clean, of keeping the conversation um, open and ongoing for the purpose of cultivating that sexual simmer, that has been utterly life-changing for me and my partner. That's so awesome to hear. Because it's a true gift to this world that you're offering all of us, and people need to know about this stuff. Um, so thank you for doing what you do. Seriously. Thank you. Well, I have another question for you related to what you were just saying and something you'd said to me earlier around the realizing, okay, the idea of true feminine surrender. So all of these practices that you're doing, this idea of keeping the slate clean, that's leading to creating that space for a woman to emerge into her full sexual expression. And so I talk a lot about how for women, that's a real opening and trust and deep, deep, deep surrender. And that that deep surrender is what truly nourishes a man, right? So in the kind of yeah. common mainstream cultural ethos, there can be this idea of like, you know, women, men really having to coerce women to have sex. And then when women do, they kind of just give it up almost bitterly. And then, and then they nag yeah. men all the time, right? Like there's that narrative. And yet the unseen truth is that when women are truly well fucked and then uh, are able to open up into this deep level of energetic surrender and feminine peace and love that they give back to their men in ways that are absolutely indescribable until you have it right so like i often say that analogy Absolutely. of you know behind every good man is a woman like no, no 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 behind every good woman is a man on his knees ferociously thrusting and giving her everything he's got and that creates the well-fucked woman that absolutely feeds the life of a man so what's your experience been with that is helping to unfold that in a woman and what that does for you um yeah i'm glad you asked me that because my experience with that um has been a bit of a saga uh prior to and even uh even shortly after coming in contact with your work i was kind of following this um impulsive framework in my head of just kind of chasing after feminine energy wherever I saw it rear its head. And I was kind of, um, at the time, I was uh, in this mindset of like, oh, I'm looking for open relationships because I, I really, I like feminine energy. And if I see you, I want you right now. But then I see her, I want her later. And I, and I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to create this 
I kind of wanted to, I thought that that's what I really wanted. That's the you dream. Know, I, I see, I, yeah, that's the dream. Like, how do I get the most feminine energy in my life? How do I put myself up with feminine energy? Well, obviously, it's by being able to sleep with every woman that I ever want to ever. But like, naturally, that's what I was supposed to be doing, right? And so I kind of followed that path. And, and honestly, that path led me to, to much heartbreak and much disappointment. And it was almost kind of like I would always, um, I'd be drawn into one night stands. I'd be drawn into experiences with women that were so exciting and it's so raw and it's so fresh and it's so much power and this tension. But then all of a sudden we're there and we're done and there's this hangover. It almost reminded me of like, mm. uh, like, like, like smoke, like being addicted to the cigarettes. Like I want a cigarette. I want a cigarette. I want a cigarette. <laughs> and then you light it, you light it, you take one puff. And before you've exhaled the first puff, you already feel like shit. Yeah, you know, you're like, I want it so bad. I want it so bad. I want it so bad. And fuck, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and that was kind of my model for a while before I realized that, like, no, I, yes, I absolutely am after um, these deep wells of feminine energy. But you don't find that through a, a, uh, a massive, like, quantity of interactions. It's not about having many sexual interactions with many beautiful women. And that is not the path to filling your cup. The path to filling your cup is that what you said. It's that deep surrender. It's that that is the feminine energy. That is the deep well. The deep well is the surrender. The emotional gold mine of romantic relationships is that right there. It is that trust and that surrender. And when a truly feminine being places into your hands that power over her, that I've learned now that's what I'm actually after. That is the actual target. And I, I don't get there by f philandering around and, and fucking around and, and creating all these surface level interactions, no matter how hot and how passionate they may, may be, they dry up. They are without substance. They are without sustain. Um, and so now I'm, I'm in this place kind of operating where it, it, it is about, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's about like the quest for conscious monogamy. I don't think that monogamy is like something that you, it's not a switch you just flip on with the person. It's a process that you go through of slowly um, releasing boundaries and releasing barriers and going deeper and deeper with one person and having the conversations and moving through the tough stuff when it comes up and really creating like the, the, the communication and the groundwork for these deep states of feminine surrender to occur. Because I can definitely attest and I can definitely agree with what you've said. That is when I have been most fulfilled sexually as a man. It's not when I'm able to go out on the town and look around and find the one I want and make it happen tonight. Like, okay, yeah, that's one sort of like primal, ancient, like validation. But once you've experienced that once or twice, you know that that's not the long-term source of happiness and fulfillment as a man. That is not going to pay your bills, so to speak, long-term. What really is, is by finding a person that you're compatible with, that you trust, that you can really be on board for and showing up for her every day and creating a situation where her nervous system is actually capable of surrendering. And that only happens through trust. That only happens through your devotion. That only happens through you showing up and you committing and you showing her that, yes, you are strong. You are a man. You are capable. Yes, I could go out in the world and I can do whatever the fuck I want. But what I want to do is you. What I want to do is this, and I'm not going anywhere, and you're not going to get rid of me easily, and you're not going to be in a bad mood, and I'm not going to run away from you. Like, no, I am here. I am present for this. I'm doing this. And in uh, shifting my approach and, and being a bit more committal and being a bit more dedicated in terms of my relationships and uh, not just bailing out when the going gets tough, not just uh you know pumping and dumping and falling asleep since i've been um approaching things in this way um the sex that i've been able to have has been has been amazing has been um i'd say life-changing but that almost sounds cliche it's a bit more realistic to say that it's um it, it's sex that changes the way you look at life because all of a sudden sex isn't just sex on its own it's interconnected into every other aspect of what you do all of a sudden like my romantic partner is a function of my career is a function of my health goals is a function of my financial goals and all of these different things that i would be working on they're all one thing that i'm working on 
So I don't have to wake up in the morning and spend two hours trying to make money and spend two hours trying to make my girlfriend happy and spend two hours trying to make my boss happy and spend two hours trying to get myself in shape and spend two hours trying to make my my food the way I want. It's all one fluid stroke. It's all one fluid motion. Like the things I do to make money also make my woman happy, also enable me to get the food, also enable me to make my boss happy. And this might sound, again, a little nebulous or a little strange, but it's about integration. It's about internal integration into um, who, who I am and who I'm supposed to be. And that all begins at the root, at the first level where I am actionable, and that is at sex. That is at the pelvic floor. That is um, at the lingam, so to speak. And uh, this reapproach in terms of how I apply myself has changed a lot of different aspects of my life. It's enabled me this opportunity I have right now today to be out here in Northern California on a job, um, making great money. It's kind of enabled me to go on adventures. Like I said, I'm out here of my friends and I'm on vacation at the same time. It's like all one fluid stroke. And I attribute that to um, kind of a reassessment and a reapplication of my sexual energy at the base level um, just a few years ago when I took your class. I love that. And I think that the way I look at that as well is that when you really tap into your own sexual power, you begin as you infuse that energy into all parts of your life, you make choices that are more in alignment with the truth of who you are. And you start to magnetize opportunities that are more in the truth of who you are. And so your whole life becomes a bigger, better expression of the essence of you rather than most people who are often compartmentalized or, you know, they go to yeah. work and they work a job nine to five. That's not really an expression of who they are, but they do it to pay the bills rather, you know, more and more when people do this work sexually and they connect to that essence of who they are, then they start to make choices where they might leave a certain job or they, you know, they take another kind of position or they evacuate from some area entirely and make radical changes yeah. if they haven't been living from that truthful place. And you might not know that or because we are programmed to accept lives of misery, lives of, oh, you can really be yourself on the weekend, you know, right? Like rather than like when we, with me, my work is a total expression of who I am. There's really no, blur, you know, no line yeah, between the work that I do and who I am as a person. Exactly. And that's something I noticed. Um, I, I, and I, I noticed it in myself in the process of kind of moving away from this, but now it's always so I see it so painfully, obviously, in other people, and I'm always um, kind of biting my tongue. And I'm not a coach. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not an expert, so I can't really be giving people advice. But I feel like so often I see people spending half their energy moving left and the other half of their energy moving right. You know what I mean? It's like they'll, they'll work super-duper hard at work and want to push this career and an X, Y, and Z, and they want to make all this money and they want to do all this stuff. And, okay, now you've made the money. And then they spend the other half of their time spending the money going to the doctor or trying to go on vacation, trying to go on vacation and waste the money to go on the vacation to relieve the stress from the job. And it's like they've spent half their time going left and now they spent the other half of their time going right. And then they're right back in the middle where they started and they haven't really had anything. And it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It's very subtle. And sometimes you see, and you can see it with some people, it's more glaring than others. Um, just kind of the way that contradiction can drain us if we're not fully conscious and aware of what it is that we're doing with ourselves and how, again, fundamentally at the end of the day, like all motivation, all, um, and even on like a brain chemistry level, a lot of the, the brain chemistry that revolves around motivation is intrinsically linked to sex. And so if you're not um, integrated and you're not consciously wielding sexual energy, you're likely going to be burning your candle at both ends in one way or another. Um, and it's uh, something that I've lived, something that I have to be constantly disciplined to not revert back into um, on a daily basis, just through unconscious habits. Um, and it's, it's an easy trap to fall into, you know, um, having your, having your lower self moving left and your upper self moving right and tearing yourself apart. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a good thing to do. Um, and spending the time to do the work 
to realize um, where all your different uh, compass needles are pointing in terms of the various levels of human consciousness, the various layers of human intelligence, um, being, making sure that they're all kind of oriented, they're all pointing in the same direction is the only real way to get anywhere. Excellent. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, no, I think um, your, your questions have been fantastic today, Cam. I feel like I've had an awesome opportunity to share my story and kind of give you the feedback that I've wanted to give you for a few years now. Um, I wish that I had had a bit more engagement with the uh, SMM community. So if I'm going to say anything to listeners, it's uh, you choose to take this course, you choose to do this work. It is important that you engage with this community. Get on those damn phone calls. Um, uh, get in that blog. Ask questions. Send Kim questions. Be engaged in this community. Um, I've waited a few years now to get the opportunity to um, tell my story and kind of share some feedback here in this space. And I wish that I had been more engaged at the time when I actually paid to took the class. Um, so don't do that. Be engaged. Take it seriously. Be disciplined and do the work and stay in touch with these men that you're you're doing this work with and, and stay in touch with Kim because she's a fantastic mentor and she's here to help you do the work. Um, I wanted to thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you one-on-one. Um, -on -one. It's been an honor, um, uh, truly. Uh, I, it was a beautiful surprise when I, when I found this request in my inbox the other day. I wanted to thank you for giving me this time and uh, thank you for the work that you do and uh, keep doing it because this is something that the world most desperately needs and people there's nobody teaching this stuff really um you're you're kind of on an island in that way in my experience um there's a lot of sex coaches out there there's a lot of people relationship coaches xyz but not a lot of folks uh, nobody really that i've seen who really have this talent for putting the ball in an individual's court you know giving somebody their power back giving somebody a mental framework where they can actually approach this work and empower themselves at their own fingertips without a reliance on external resources. Um, sure, the sure the SMM class is an external resource, but that's really not what it is. It's more of like a roadmap that you can choose to download and carry with you into the world and then start making decisions based on that framework and be disciplined and do the work. And it's not about the slides. It's not about the questions. It's not about the exercises. It's about um, you as a man doing the work and making this a priority and listening and taking this shit seriously because it will transform your life if you let it. Oh, Max, that is so fantastic. Thank you so much. I mean, you have a mm -hmm. way with words and describing your experience that's like poetic and powerful and self-aware all at yeah. the same time. It's really fantastic. I appreciate it. I appreciate that feedback, Kim. Thank you. That's very, uh, that's very validating for me. My Super Cock Sexual Mastery for Men Salon is open for registration. In my eight-week online signature salon for men, you'll learn how to last longer in bed, my massively effective techniques to be able to keep going for hours, orgasms without ejaculation, yes, every man can, how to use your sexual energy and relationship as a power source in your life, how to achieve the deeper vaginal orgasms for women, cock lengthening and strengthening exercises yes growth is possible and much much more the ultimate super cock training go to kimonami.com look for sexual savant salons and then click on sexual mastery for men Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.